0: It's Thursday, April 13th. Good evening, LCM. Good evening. It's been a good week of discovering new areas to be undone. As we enter the presence of God, isn't that right? If you rightly interacted with Sunday's message, Who is Able?, you should be uncovering unholy, impure areas of your own life that are filthy rags compared to the holiness of our God. But thanks be to God. That he is able. He is able to resurrect your life. He is able to resurrect your marriage. He is able to make you into the father and mother that operates as an Im- image bearer of God. Amen. Saints, this is what we are experiencing. This is what we can say he is able to. Amen. He is able to create in you a pure heart that helps you to see your brothers rightly. Come on, we need that in this house. Look at your neighbor on your left and say, He is able. He's able. Now, look at your neighbor on the right and say, He is able. He's able. Now, say this to yourself I am, able. I am able. No, say it like you mean it. I, I am, am able. able.
1: Yes, you are.
0: Do you believe it? Yes. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Hey, when we're in this house with our family, It's easy to get excited, right? It's easy to get pumped up and to look around and see our brothers saying, Yeah, I am able. Yes, I am able too. It's easy to answer that. But what about when you're alone in your car? What about when your spouse has gone to sleep and you're awake by yourself? Are you still saying he is able, therefore I am able? What about... When you're at work and you're having to face a difficulty at work, are you able to say in that moment, Yes, I am able? Oh, it's harder then. It's easier when, the, when we're in this body, but it's a lot more difficult when we're by ourselves, right? Yeah. Saints, if we are pursuing the presence of God to become undone before Him, we will overcome our unbelief. That question of and that doubt that's there of am I really able? Is he really able? Yeah, we're we're able to overcome that when we become undone in his presence. Let's look at an example from Peter's life to show us what we are prone to do. We're going to go to Matthew 26, and we're going to pick up in verse 31 through 35. Tonight, as we wrestle with our unbelief and ask God to help us believe, We're going to take a step further. We're going to take it a step further tonight. We're saying, Lord, help us in our unbelief. And we're going to say, Lord, help us to die. Help us to die as you have died, that that we might have life with him. So the title of our message is, Let's Go Die With Him. Amen? All right, picking up in Matthew 26, verse 31. Then Jesus said to them, even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And all the disciples said the same.
1: Come on, let's put a start on this scripture. Jesus is plainly telling Peter what is going to happen. Yeah. That he actually will go and leave him there. But what Peter is doing here, he's comparing himself to his brothers. Yeah, He's saying, hey, even if they leave you, I want. Hmm. Even if they sin. On that, I will never sing against you. Even if they are weak, I won't be weak. Even if they fail, I won't fail. So Peter here is full of himself. He is full of himself, believing that he is greater than his brothers. He's comparing himself against the wrong ones. He's comparing himself against dudes. That may fail, but he believed he is greater because their brothers are weaker. And that's the wrong heart to have. We all know the story. And we all know that Peter has been with Jesus since the beginning. Man, so what caused a man to have that self-entitlement about himself when you've been with Jesus for this long? That's a question that we're going to answer today. And we will also give you the solution. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 13, 4-5 to discover the solution for Peter's issues.
0: Come on, you may remember this from Sunday. 1 Corinthians 13, for to be sure, he was crucified in weakness. Who was crucified? Say it louder. Who was crucified? Jesus. Yet he lives by God's power. Likewise, we are weak in him, yet by God's power, we will live with him in our dealing with you. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. Church, we are to be crucified in our weakness. See, Peter didn't really have much of a leg to stand on, but do you think that he actually believed what he was saying? I do. I think he believed what he was saying. Lord, I'll never leave you. Though they might leave you, I'll never leave you. He's doing that in his own strength. He's letting his own thoughts of himself drive him to believe what he's saying. But here, we see that Christ was crucified in his weakness. He recognized that he was a mortal man, that yes, he is God, but he is in the flesh, and he must die. We He died so that he can receive power from God, and so we must die as well. We are to be weak so then we can become strong. It is our duty to examine ourselves constantly. We must be constantly putting ourselves to the test and saying, do I actually match up to this? Am I actually lowering myself to be weak so that I can experience this resurrection power? So we need to stop measuring ourselves by human standards But by God's standard. Amen? Amen. Who is the standard of God? Jesus. Jesus. Saints, you with us tonight? Okay. Who is the standard of God? Jesus. We have been given a key to see ourselves rightly when we view ourselves in the eyes of Jesus. We're not comparing ourselves with others or even our former self. Let's go to Matthew 21. We're going to pick up in verse 42. Say undone when you get there.
1: Undone. Fine, you guys quick. Undone. Undone. Verse 42 says, Jesus said to them, Have you never read the scripture? The stone the builder rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord have done this, and it's marvelous in our eyes. Therefore I tell you that the kingdom of God Will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce its fruit. Catch this: Anyone who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces. Anyone who uh, who eats fall will be crushed. So we know that Jesus is the standard of God. We know that He's the perfect one, but He's the one that has been rejected. He has been rejected. And now the Lord has making the cast on so we can compare ourselves to him. We need to fall in that rock. But guess what's going to happen? We're going to break to pieces because we can't stand. He's perfect and holy and we are not. When we compare ourselves to him, we actually realize how much we need become like him. Yeah. Man, this brought us to a concept. In the uh, jewelry industry, there is a concept called the touchstone. A touchstone is a rock that you use to compare the the truthfulness, to compare the, the, the genuineness of the goal or cerebral, and then you measure that by the standard. Do we have a picture, Sambo? Yeah. There it is. So this is a touchstone. This is a stone. You crush the gold, and then you measure it to see if the the gold that you have how pure is it. You cr- you see that the the hang of the crushing the render is measuring how pure is this gold. Folks, I want to tell you that Jesus is that caston. When you fell to him, your purity is nothing compared to his. Yeah. What he is. Is far from where we are right now. But that broken into pieces, man, that will bring transformation in our life. We actually need to be compared to him and be broken into pieces so now we can be renewed, transformed in his hand. Come on, we also reject that stunt. We prefer to compare ourselves to our brothers. We prefer to compare ourselves with our paths. We say sometimes, hey, you know, I'm not, I'm not that bad as I used to be. <laughs> when you do that, you're rejecting the cornerstone. Oh, when you start comparing yourself to your own self, to the one next to you, well, i know like that guy, or I know how I used to be, what are you actually doing is rejecting the cornerstone. Come on, we will get this rally today. Man, we need to stop comparing ourselves to those that we know that we can probably have compare compared to. But in the same way, we have to stop comparing, our, uh, uh, comparing ourselves to what we believe that we are and instead comparing ourselves unto what the stone said that we are. Man, this happened to me many times. I compare myself like, man, I wish I can do the things that my brother Paul can do. I wish I could be, a, a, I could be like JJ's and faithful like he is. I wish I could be like so and so, but the word actually says that I can be. Mm. So I have to stop comparing myself to what I believe yeah. I am instead of comparing myself to the The stone who is Jesus, what he said that I am. Come on, church. The goal is not for us to stay in pieces. The goal is not for us to say, oh, woe to me, man. How bad I am. It's for us to realize that we need transformations. It's for us to realize and cry out, God, I do need you now because I'm broken to pieces. Transform me in who you are. And that's what we're aiming at today.
0: Come on. So we're talking about the touchstone and rightly comparing ourselves to Yeshua, to the one who has gone before us and shown us what it should look like. Let's go to Psalm 71. We're going to pick up in verse 19. And this is what it looks like. Your righteousness, God, reaches to the heavens. You You who have done great things, who is like you, God? Though you have made me see troubles... Many and bitter, you will restore my life again. From the depths of the earth, you will again bring me up. You will increase my honor and comfort me once more. So in verse 19, the question is asked, Who is like you, God? Our deeds, compared to the Lord, we fall woefully short. And we recognize that. Our willingness to cast ourselves before the throne of the great God, who is holy and mighty, but is also merciful and restorative, that is when we can see things rightly. It is what will bring the restoration and the transformation that we desire. In verse 20, it says, though you have made me see troubles, many and bitter, you will restore my life again. Church, this is the belief that we're talking about walking in. Lord, though we realize that we are crushed, though we realize that we are broken to pieces, you will restore us and bring us to life again. You will increase my honor and comfort me once more. The reason we are broken to pieces is to be transformed and that our honor may increase, that he may be the one who increases our honor and our glory, that we might become pure gold just that is purified by him. Church, let me tell you something. He is willing to reach down into the depths to rescue us. Have you experienced that this week? As you've been becoming undone and casting yourself on that stone, being broken to pieces, crying out to him, not jumping over the grave, but falling into it and realizing, Lord, you are able to reach down and lift me up. Man, it's growing inside of us. 1 Peter 1, 6
1: through 7. Come on, guys. The goal is our honor to increase. Yeah. Not for us to stay
0: yeah.
1: where we were. But he wants, us. He want to increase us in that. 1 yeah. Peter 1, 6-7. Uh, uh, in all this, you greatly rejoice. Come on, church. Let's rejoice. Hallelujah. In all this, you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little, uh, uh, for a little while... You may, ha- you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genu- uh, genuineness of your, faith of, uh, of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perish, even though refined by fire, may result in praises, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Church, we know that when we are broke to pieces, we must suffer. That breaking to pieces is painful. We have to go through that. But church, that's temporary. Yeah. That's temporary because the glory that is awaiting you is far greater than that. Yeah. The honor that Jesus has for you to refine you and to be better than gold, that's better and more glorious than the temporary trials that you have to suffer. Yeah. Come on, we have to joyfully go to those trials. Go full, uh, uh, joyfully. Be broken into pieces. Yeah. So the compassion of God can be in us. And we can be transformed. We can be made new. We can be make honor and be purified. So, so then we can be compared to him. And now we can say, yes, God, I'm getting this part right. Yes, because I see it in your word. I know that it's true. And I know that this is where you're letting me to. But first we need to realize that, hey, we, did not, we do not get it, figure it out. We need to constantly go to that break into pieces so we can become what he is. Yeah. Let's go to John 10 and talk about the willingness that Jesus demonstrated to be to die and be willing to be transformed for our sake.
0: So first Peter he says these trials, these sufferings is what proves the genuineness of your faith. What shows that you are being purified is how you endure through the suffering. Jesus, our greatest example of what a willing death looks like, we're gonna pick up in John 10 and verse 16. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have the authority to lay it down, and I have the authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my father. Saints, you already heard this verse tonight. The Lord is already speaking this over this body tonight. You have the authority. You have the ability to lay down your life And as you do that willingly, you can be raised up again. Like Jesus, there must be a willingness and an eagerness to lay down our lives. This is a charge. Do you hear that? Jesus received this charge from his Father. Therefore, he was confident that if he would do this, then the Father would be faithful to raise him up again. Consider the position of Jesus and who the focus is on, though. Is he saying, I have this power to be resurrected and so now I can walk around in this resurrection power all by myself? No. He has his eyes set on the Father and what the Father has charged him to do and he has his eyes set on the sheep, those that the Father wants to draw to himself. So put yourself in the passage. Do you find yourself being more concerned about your own life? Being more concerned about experiencing resurrection power for yourself? Let me tell you something. When you're living that, you're not willingly dying. Do you find yourself more concerned about your own family, your own calling, your own reputation, your gifts and skills? Saints, this isn't a willing death, and this won't produce life. Compare yourself instead to the chief shepherd and see if you've been willing to lay down your life for others. So I have to ask you, what is preventing you from having a willing heart to die for others? Oh, it's, it's a legitimate question that we have to wrestle with tonight. What is preventing me from laying down my life for the sake of others? Not just so I can experience it, but so that others might. Let's go to John 20 on the topic of unbelief. We're going to pick up in verse 25.
1: Come on, guys. Now we're going to know what's preventing you. For willingly giving your life up for others. Let's go to John 10, 25 to 27 and say, Unbelief. So the other
0: disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side... I will never believe.
1: Come on. I will never believe. Wow. That's the statement that Thomas is saying here. Unless he actually is able to touch Christ. Unless he's able to be close to that rock. Thomas needs some transformation. Do you agree with me, church? Yes. The same way. Our own belief is hinting us to give our life for others, yeah. because we do not believe that He's able. Now let's look at a slide that we have assembled, and Paul will walk us through that for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Let's 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 hint, let's hint do it. So,
0: listen, we're not talking about doubting Thomas tonight. We're talking about doubting Paul. Yeah. yeah. Talking about pessimistic Paul. Tending to see the worst aspect of things or believe that the worst will happen. Saints, although the word believe is in there, it's not good. That that is true unbelief in the power of God is actually going against what he said will happen. That is me. Man, I am my own worst critic. I am my brother's worst worst critic, and that is not how it's supposed to be. I am not supposed to have this kind of, oh, everything is, is g- going to go to hell in a handbasket. I, I will never believe it unless I see it. Is that what faith is? No. no. But that's often what our heart de- shows. And that's often what our actions show. Until we see something, then we'll believe it.
1: Yeah. Ma'am, How many times you have unbelief Hey, I don't believe my brother has my best interest on mine. I don't believe that if I lay down my life for my brother calling, I will get my calling as well. I don't believe that these sacrifices that we're doing right now, will bring any good. Man, I don't believe that my wife can take the weight that she's carrying now. I do not believe that. But nevertheless, I still put her on that. On unbelief. But man, she has resurrection power in her. Come on. When I see her doing it. When I see her carrying it out. I can see, Jesus, now I see you. I confronted myself with that rock. And now I know that you're able, God. Now that you're able, and that's ripping out my unbelief. Man, in the same way. We need to put aside our own belief because without it, we won't be able to sacrifice in the way that Jesus desired for us. In the same way that he did, that he knows that if you put the right sacrifice, he will rise you. He will lift you up. He will make you who you're meant to be. But first require that you are broken into pieces, that you give your life and you have to be willingly. You know, you, you cannot be forced to do this. You cannot be pushed to do this, but you have to come from a willing heart that says, God, I know that I can do this because I know the power that is in you. And I know that you can raise me from the dead if you have to. And I know you will do it because you are faithful and gracious God.
0: Let's be real. The reason we say, unless this happens, I'll never believe. Unless my wife uh, shows that she agrees with me, I'll never believe she's going to change. The reason we say things like that is because we're focused on ourselves. We see our own imperfection and we try to measure that against them. And, and, and we don't believe in the power that God can do inside of them today. What is preventing us from having a willing heart to die is our unbelief. It's our unbelief that we won't be raised from the dead. Saints. Today, we can experience that resurrection power. If for the sake of the Father and for his sheep, we lose our life, we will experience that power. In verse 26, listen to how Jesus doesn't leave Thomas here. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands and put out your hand and place it in the hole in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Saints, Jesus could have given up on Thomas. He didn't have to demonstrate this to him, but he did. The Lord is crushing our pessimistic unbelief. He's crushing that carnal nature inside of us. He could have left Thomas where he was, and he could have left us where we were. He could have disregarded us and used someone else. But he's speaking to us, and he's saying, look, experience this resurrection power, and it's for a reason. Jesus speaks life into Thomas once more, and he's speaking life into us again tonight. And our response, it must be like Thomas's in verse 28.
1: My Lord and my God. Amen. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Church, we can't wait to always, have a, 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 to always see because that's not faith. Faith is actually moving, believing that He will be doing, even you cannot see it now. We need to move on that kind of faith to know, Jesus, I know that you're able and you will do this in me because that's the kind of God that you are. Yeah. Come on, sure, this is beautiful. Jesus did not let him there, but he says, He, he said to Thomas, Come and mark yourself against me, and I will show you what you can do. I will show you that now you're able to give your, your life the same way that I did. Come on, Thomas first, he wasn't able. He wasn't able. He had he unbelief. But when he touched himself with the stone, man, now he can see. Yeah. Now he's able. Now he knows the strength that comes from the Father. And now he knows what kind of God he serve. Amen. That's why we constantly need to seek the face of the Lord. Constantly we need to throw ourselves to his temple, to his presence. So we can know the God that we serve. Amen. Restoration power will come to us. Let's, look, uh, let's go back a couple of chapters to John 11 to see how, uh, how and why Jesus is pouring this into Thomas.
0: We're going to read this in the NET. Verse 14 through 16. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. And I am glad for your sake that I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to see him. So Thomas, called Didymus, said to his fellow disciples, Let us go
1: too, that we may die with him. Come on. Jesus told, told them that Lazarus was asleep. That he is going to wake him up. And that he hath calculated this, uh, this death. It was a cause that Jesus... Was willing to pay. For who? For the sake of them. So they can believe. Jesus, he says, I am glad. I am glad that I wasn't there. So you can experience resurrection power to your brother. Man, what your life can accomplish on your brother's life when you are willing to die. Man, that's resurrection power in them as well resurrection power is not only for you but when you are willing to give your life your brothers are taking notes and they know that God is able he's able to do it in you he know they know that he is able to do it in them now Thomas demonstrating uh some kind of faith here he said let us go too so we also can die man but I honestly don't know if he's being sarcastic or he's actually being truthful. That's, a, that, that, that's, that's something that we can argue about. Uh, buy uh, Paul some beer and he told you all about it. <laughs> but what we focus in here is he's saying, let us go too. He was willing. And that willingness will give you the resurrection power that you need. Church, if you're willing, he's willing to... To resurrect you. He's willing when you cry out to him. And he will give you the strength that you need.
0: We loved reading this. Jesus was glad. That he died. Because it was for the sake of others. This is what, why we're not focusing on the argument of if he's being sarcastic. Or if he's actually like, yes, let us go, ta- let us go die too. If Jesus was going to, to wake him up and... But now he's telling us, no, he's really dead. Well, then he's going to go raise him from the dead. Maybe he is demonstrating that. What we want to say tonight is, let us go die too. Let that be our heart cry. Let that be the willingness that overflows from us. So in verse 21 of the same chapter, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. I can imagine Jesus' thoughts here. Yeah, if I had been here, Lazarus wouldn't have died then you wouldn't believe in the resurrection power that you can have today. It's not about the last day. That's to come. What can you be walking in today? But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. See, Martha, she knows the power that, that Christ is walking in, but she doesn't understand it because she's not walking in it by dying to herself. She's, you can hear that heart cry of, I do believe, but help me in my unbelief, Lord, right? I believe, but, but I'm not quite sure what this is going to look like. In verse 23, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world.
1: Come on, church. Let me ask you again. Do you believe this? Red, do you believe? believe. Come on. Saints, resurrection power is at hand. We have this available to us. It needs to come from a willing heart. A heart that is willing to give your life for the sake of others. Resurrection power is not only for you, but those that are next to you. When you sacrifice for others, you're leaving a mark for them to know. You're leaving a step to know, I saw My father, I saw my brother, I saw my husband stepping in faith, and he's leaving a mark for you to know that he is able. That you can walk on those steps and receive the same resurrection power that you have seen this place now in somebody that is deaf. Tonight we say, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, and you are able Church, tonight we believe that he's able, Amen. that he's able to do it in you, he's able to do it in your wife, he's doing it to able, in your, he's able to do it in your children's, and he's able to do it for you singles too. He's able to make you the righteousness of God. Yeah. And we need to come out with a willing heart that he will help us to overcome unbelief. He will carry us out of our unbelief but we need to be willing to lay our life down for others. So we'll go back
0: a couple of verses in John 11 and it says, but what in verse 4, but when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. Saints, this word for illness is the same word that Elder Eric was talking about in James chapter 5, this weakness that we have will not end in death. Our weakness actually ends in resurrection power.
1: Come on, church! Our weakness won't kill us! Amen. It won't kill us! But it will give us resurrection power. The weakness that you're facing right now, it won't kill you. Get out of your mind of that. Take that out. Forget about it. Your weakness won't kill you. But your weakness will bring resurrection power. When you throw yourself... To the rock that is God. When you are willing to talk yourself to him. In weakness he will rise you up.
0: Saints this is the testimony. That we are to bring to the whole world. This weakness. This illness. It actually causes a resurrection power in Lazarus. And it makes him dangerous. Turn with us to John chapter 12. and verse 9. Come on. This is what we are talking about tonight. When we recognize That no, this is is a weakness inside of me, but it's not going to lead to my death. It's going to lead to resurrection power. Look at how it transforms the world around Lazarus. When the large crowd of the Jews learned that Jesus was there, they came not only on account of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priest made plans to put Lazarus, Lazarus to death as well. Because on account of him, many of the Jews were going and believing in Jesus. Come on. Saints, you got to love this passage. I mean, put yourself in Lazarus' shoes. He was probably not even thinking about being resurrected from the dead. When he's dying of his illness in the tomb, he has no idea that Jesus is going to come to resurrect him. And here he is walking out with his grave clothes on. And the Lord's like, strip those grave clothes off. This man has resurrection power. And now they're coming to kill him. Come on. You think, you think Jesus was glad that he died? I do. <laughs> it's what caused others to believe. Lazarus was like, i got to die again. And the Lord's like, yes, many times. But get this. He wasn't a threat before. He was not a threat before. It was only after he died and was resurrected that he became an effective minister. Saints, this is how you become an effective minister to your brothers. This is why you willingly die for them. Lazarus was a marked man by God. See, he had, he had matched himself against the touchstone, and he proved to be purified and to be like his, his father. He embraced his death, he was raised to life, and he was marked by the touchstone, and the chief priests were looking to kill him. Let's keep going and pick up in verse 17. I got it. Now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb, notice how they're still with him and raised him from the dead, they continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had performed this sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, See? This is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after
1: him. The whole world! Come on, church. Have you ever seen Lazarus as an evangelist? No. All we know about Lazarus is that he died... He raised, and he had two sisters. <laughs> right? So we're gonna change that today. The death of Lazarus evangelized Jerusalem. His death brings people from all nations to the kingdom of God. Man, what you lie have produced recently? Why your life has produced recently is probably because you're still alive. Because you're still holding to what you want. But when you actually die to yourself, man, your life will be a witness to everybody else. Like, look at him. Look what the Lord Almighty has done in that life. If the Lord can do that in him, why he, can, why he cannot do it in me? Come on. Man, the life of Lazarus, his death, brought people willing to share that around all Jerusalem. There were ministers coming out of that, out of that situation, out of that very moment that he died and he came out of the grave. People were, were, uh, uh, were telling everybody in Jerusalem about that. Man, the death that you face will tell all the world about Jesus Christ. And this is how we win the nation's church. We win the nation by being willing to die. So resurrection power can be in working us. When we give our life for the gospel, then we have strength to actually do the gospel and minister to everybody on that map. But first, it needs to come from a willing heart that we throw ourselves into that rock that is Jesus. And resurrection power... We come in us, then we'll be dangerous to the enemy. They won't, they won't face us. They will be afraid because you cannot kill a deaf man. Come on. come
0: on. We're choosing to die willingly. And this resurrection power that we know that we will be raised in because we've seen it before, it's not for us. It's outwardly focused for them. That's always the case. Let's go to Galatians 2.20. This I love this scripture. This is one of my born-again scriptures. Again, born again, again, and again. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Saints, if he gave himself for us, then we are to give ourselves for others. If we want to say I've been crucified with Christ. It's not for our own gain. It's for others gain. For our last scripture. We're going to go to 2nd Corinthians chapter 4. We're going to pick up in verse 7. Second to last scripture.
1: It's a ref- resurrection power when you get there. Resurrection resurrection power. Power. But we have these treasures in jar of clay. To show that the surpassing power belongs to God. And not to us. Man, we have this treasure in a jar of clay, in a basic jar of clay. To show that his power is made great in weakness. In our weakness, we receive his power. Amen. So we constantly have to throw that jar of clay. So his power can be renewing us constantly. And we will never lack anything, church.
0: We are being afflicted in every way but not crushed, perplexed but not driven to despair, persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed, always carrying around the bo- the body in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that the life of Jesus May also be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life
1: in you. Come on, says we have the same spirit of faith. According to what has been written, I believe, and I so spoke. We also believe, and so we also speak, knowing that he who writes the Lord Jesus will rise us also, win Jesus, and bring us, win you, into his presence. The same one
0: who raised Christ from the dead is rising, raising us up right now. And it's only, though, when we give our life willingly and do it joyfully. Amen. If we are feeling like our life is being taken from us, believe me, you won't experience resurrection power. You will not experience what the Lord wants you to experience if you're not willingly laying down your life. If you are fighting to save your life, you will lose it. But if you lose your life for the sake of Christ, you will receive eternal life. John 15:12 through 14. And this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this that someone lays down his life for his friends. You are my friends
1: if you do what I command. Church, there is no such thing as a singular death, mm. there is no such thing as a singular resur- resurrection power. We constantly giving ourselves to death for the sake of others, for your sake. We give ourselves to death so they can have power. And we do this constantly. Constantly we give ourselves to death. So power, the true power can be working in us. We must give our life so we can experience the true power of God.
0: Saints, stand up with us. We are jars of clay. We are fragile. We are basic, ordinary. But we have a power that is at work inside of us when we willingly lay our life down. Our death is not meaningless. It's actually what brings life to others. No one took Jesus's life. He gave it up willingly for the sake of others. When we get over our pessimistic nature and choose to joyfully lay our lives down, knowing that he is able to raise us again, we realize it's not even for us. It's for them. Others, they will see us walking in that resurrection power, and they will testify, they will believe, and they will be led to do the very same thing. And that is how the kingdom of God will spread on this earth. Jesus said, I'm glad that Lazarus is dead for your sake. Thomas's response was, "Let us go die with him." Saints, tonight, that is our charge to you. Let us go die with him. When we think about comparing ourselves to others. Let us go die with him when we think that our calling is greater than someone else's. Let us go die with him when we think that we need to save our life. Let us go die with him for the sake of our families for the sake of our brothers, for the sake of our co-workers. The world is longing to experience true resurrection power. So tonight we say, let us go die with him. Saints, if you're struggling with this, if you're struggling with unbelief, it's easy. You just cry out, Lord, I believe. Help me in my unbelief. If you're here tonight, it's because there is some faith in you. As you take a step and put it into practice to show that you believe, he will come and meet you there. You will be wrecked in his presence. You will realize you have nothing to offer, but he will put you back together. And he will put his resurrection power inside of you. Do you want to be the man and woman of God he's called you to be? If you're struggling with that, come up to this altar. If you're struggling with unbelief tonight, come up to this altar. Because the Lord wants to empower you. He knows you're a jar of clay, but he's chosen to fill you with his resurrection power. And yeah. as our brother Marlon prays over us, know that your heart cry when you leave this place must be, let us go die with him.
1: Amen. Heavenly Father, we cry, God, to let us die with you, God. Let us pour our life, Father, for the sake of other, Father, that we've been of ourselves, Father, that we've been seeking our own gains our own desire, God, and we're choosing you today, God, that you, Father, have torn us to pieces, but you will restore us, God. You will give us strength. You will lift us up, Father, for your hands reaches, Father, the deepest things, Father, in the earth, and your hands, Father, will carry us, God. We thank you, Father, and we cry out, Hosanna, God. Save us, Father. In Jesus' name we pray.